This is The Living Temple, a podcast produced by Red Church for people who want to follow Christ in real life. Good morning, Mark. Good morning. How are you? I'm well. Good. Um, We are meeting in a very different location today. Yes. It feels very different. It's not a home. Yes. Where are we? We are in the strange building. It's a strange building. Yes. Um, uh, That's on part of Red called, affectionately known as the Metricon Hut. Mm. Um, Let's just (laughs) leave it there. There's no insulation. Uh, I don't think it's built to code. We inherited it. Um, please don't arrest us or please don't let it fall on our heads. But we will be able yeah. to hear some strange sounds. Uh, we have some currently some things happening outside. Yes. People are marking lines yes. in a car park. Yes. Yeah. And I think the police helicopter is chasing someone and circling over top as well. So, so we'll yeah. read about that later. Yes. At the 6 p.m. news. Yes. <laughs> Rogue line markers <laughs> arrested. <laughs> Okay. Oh, my brain is going in different places. So uh, last week we um, we had a fairly intense episode, mm. um, but I think it was it was really valuable um, talking about uh, what it means to lay things on the altar. Yeah. And to reflect on how we're spending our time and our lives, and seeking God to be the ultimate input in our lives and this sort of all stemmed out of looking at um, heaven connecting with earth that kind of real life venn diagram yeah that's how i picture it in my head Um, and we see heaven breaking out in earth yeah and we've also been talking about ourselves as the living temple like we are in and of ourselves temples for god to dwell within so i'm kind of interested in knowing how that how that plays out in real life. Like, mm. what does that really look like to have heaven breaking out in us? Mm. Yeah. I mean, humans in the book of Genesis uh, got to be in this incredible place where they worked, where heaven and earth were in synergy. And mm. so humans were obeying God. There was this incredible harmony between heaven and earth. So earth was this, this place where heaven and earth were meeting. Um, the Garden of Eden was. And then with sin, sin, sin sort of rends that asunder. Mm-hmm. Um, so temples, whether you think of like images like Jacob's ladder, mm-hmm. we find in the Old Testament where Jacob has this image and he sees sort of angels, you know, descending and ascending. It's this like yeah. this portal between heaven and earth. Mm-hmm. And that sort of concept that gets pushed into the tabernacle and the temple, it's this interplay is a really interesting way of thinking about it. It's more than an overlap. I think I used overlap last time. It's more than just a Venn diagram. It's actually this cooperative space between heaven and earth okay. really really interesting so when jesus dies on the cross when he takes our sins we're then able to enter into that life again yeah okay. and so we talked about how then the new testament uses that temple language to describe jesus mm-hmm. um, and so we see jesus walking around doing that mm-hmm. you know like he is that living temple he's the tabernacle like moving amongst the people the presence mm-hmm. of god heaven and earth overlapping a truly obedient human um, and these incredible things happen. And it's like these, it's what's really interesting too, is it's like these 
these elements of human life are redeemed, whether it's healings or people being set free and mm-hmm. preaching the gospel. Like there's something about Jesus that draws people to him and the forces that don't want to submit to heaven's rule reject him. Do you know what I mean? They're yeah. just on earth. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And that's one of the reasons he's killed. So we then have this other concept of the church as the living temple. And we've spoken about that. Yep. But then there's this other one of like us as living temples. Yes. And like this church is made up of all of us being living temples. But there's one particular element I wanted to just share about being a personal living temple and what that means. And as I've sort of reflected on this. Mm. Um, so most of us, when we think about the Christian life, because we're so shaped by, I guess, our culture and not just our current culture, but Western history, which is, it's about these states that come and go yes so even we say like we'll say how are you going today how are you feeling today like we ask we inquire of each other's states Mm -hmm. um oh you're not feeling great oh you're feeling wonderful so we're continually plugging into what state you're feeling Mm -hmm. so we think about and that's natural because humans have these feelings which come and go but often we then connect our spiritual life to that state so we have this inner world we have states going on inside of it and and so therefore our our happiness our our flourishing and even our spiritual life can seem to be marked and measured by a a needle going up and down from good to mm-hmm. bad states now what's really interesting is that um this guy thomas kelly wrote a really interesting book called the testament of devotion this was a little book thomas kelly was a quaker in the mid 20th century in america this book was like um really inspired people like dallas willard and so on it has its own little sort of quaker particularities about it but he talks about this concept that inside of us there's two levels Mm -hmm. so we have our inner world and we tend to think of our inner world as just one level so our inner world is where we think, we have internal thoughts, um, we weigh and evaluate things, uh, we calculate things, we, we in a sense react to what's going on outside of yeah. us, right? So most of us as a human being, you've got that inner world going on. But then there's this deeper level he spoke about. And he almost said that it's almost like most people that deeper level is actually not even, it's like a room that hasn't been opened. Okay. And this is the place where it's less reactive to the outer world. Mm. It's almost like that's where your soul is. Like, you know, and again, too, here, I'm not saying this is literal, you know, you've got this breakup inside of us. It's, it's metaphorical in that sense that there's this hidden place. That's where your deepest prayers yeah. are. So he uses this really interesting language. Like he says, that's where the Shekinah glory of God resides. That's where the spirit is. Ooh. And I'll, I'll take that apart a bit more, but... Just, just to give you, I guess, a practical example. Mm-hmm. You can be in a situation where, just say you're at a, a social interaction and you, the stuff coming at you and you're reacting and you've got mm-hmm. feelings and you're thinking, maybe that's what I want. And then you get away and you stop and you breathe. And then you get, God, what, what do you really want in this? And you almost stop and it's like you almost go into that deeper level. Mm. Yeah. And you realize like, hang on, God wanted to speak to me. And often most of us only really get to go to that deeper level when we take time out, when we retreat, Mm. when we block out the external voices, when we realize like, I don't know if you've ever had this thing where you're like, I'm so conflicted about this thing. Should I do A? Should I do B? And you think about it for weeks and all of a sudden you just have a day of prayer or you go for a walk 
and all of a sudden it's like God's voice starts speaking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you have to stop to listen. This mm. is this is the still small voice. Yeah. And in that space, it's like it's just you and him. Like when you're in that higher level, and it's not higher in that it's better, but that upper level of internal that's reactive, it's like there's a bunch of voices in there. You've got these scripts from the past, you've got other people's voices, you're reacting to your environment, but it's almost like when you go into that deeper place where God is, that's when he truly speaks. Mm. So it's a fascinating rethinking of our inner world. Okay, when I hear you talking about this, I'm reminded of this situation that happened last night. So I've been talking about this journey that I've been on with finding a sense of home and what is home. And so now, yes, I am in a home. And last night I was just going through some books with Brittany, who's also at at Red and we were reading some poetry and there was this one um, poem called On Houses. So it's talking about the sense of home and it just really spoke to me and I was really like deep down so moved by these words and the truth of them for me. Is that the kind of place that you talk about when you're talking about that deeper level, that something speaking to your very kind of soul? Yeah. So what happened when you read that? I, there was just this moment of really feeling known Mm. and understood Mm. and that the meeting of things that I felt and sensed were brought to life in a series of words. Did you feel God was speaking through those words? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, yeah. Bringing to life what I was really searching for in a yes. home as well yeah, yeah. And, and I think that it's a sense of his presentness yes and his willingness to communicate with us yeah and so I mean okay so taking this back to the living temple so we've got Kelly talks about these two levels mm-hmm. inside of us and to look at that through this biblical lens um, is the temple if we're called temples why is that language used so there's this concept that with the temple, you had very much two zones. Mm. There was a boundary around the temple, which you had to be purified to enter. So in a sense, we've been purified to enter into, into the living temple through the death of Christ. And that's why it's important for us to be holy. Mm. Now, what's really interesting is that you had this like outer holy place was part of the temple. So it was the holy place. Yeah. And whether it's the tabernacle or the temple, that was where certain things happened. There were sacrifices and so uh-huh. on. But then there was this inner space and it was cordoned off with a curtain in the tabernacle and the temple. Mm. And the priest would enter into that space and they would enter into that space. And it was like super holy. It was called the holiest of holies because that's where God's presence dwelt in fullness. Okay. And at the ark, um, that was a place of discussion. So Moses would talk to God there in the holiest of holies. So it's this place, and we talked about this, um, I think, did we talk about the footstool of God? Like, yeah, we did. Yeah. Yeah. So that's like, he's literally there. That's like, it, the idea, Tom Wright says, it's not that it's like heaven, it's literally heaven is there. So, I mean, just think about that for a second. So we get that concept in the ancient temple, that literally, I mean, imagine you're the high priest, the first time you've ever been in there. You've been trained your whole life. You're a Levite. Uh-huh. You're the high priest. You go in there for the first time. Like, you're literally going to heaven. Like, yeah. insane. And God's like there. That's his footstool, you know. And We um, really struggle to uh, figure that out totally. in our present kind of consciousness. Totally. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Be- because, because we divide the world yeah. into 
supernatural, non-supernatural, mm. um, or we divide the word into sacred, secular. Mm-hmm. So it, it undoes all those categories. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, um, and I think that's really key to be Christian. You actually have to undo those very Western modern categories and mm. actually see like how what is the what is the biblical text asking us to see here yes. and seeing through that yeah. lens. And so, okay, so that concept then the Shekinah where God's presence is there and to enter into that space, people were afraid that they would literally die Yeah. because if you saw the face of God, you would die because if you're impure, now just think about this. So like the priest, the holiest guy in Israel could get in there like once a year, right? Yeah. Um, but then with Jesus dying on the cross, we have access and it's like Jesus is a high priest provides access. The book of Hebrews says, so we have access to that holiest place to actually we have that sense of heaven being inside of us. But how often do we access it? So to sort of use this analogy, we've got the holy place. And so I think what lots of people are doing, they're sort of like, okay, I've got this holy place as my inner world and I'm trying to work out what God wants. Mm. And I go into that place and it's reactive sometimes because there's a lot of earth in there and stuff like that. But almost like I would say like that first level that Kelly's talking about, that's almost like the earth. But then the, the holiest of holies inside of us, that deeper level, is heaven. Yes. And when those two things come together, that's when something incredible happens. Mm. And, and I've, I've just been so fascinated in the last three or four years of when I read the biographies and testimonies of the great, great Christians. And not great because they had power and money, but great because they had this incredible communion with God. Mm. You see this commonality of experience. Dallas Willard loved this book, which was written, I think it was written about 100 years ago. It was like the lives of the famous Christians. Mm-hmm. And he was looking like, what's common to them? And you see this commonality where they like, it was like they walked with God. So inside of us then is this holiest of holies. But the sad thing is you realize how, it's like, imagine if it's a room which never gets opened. So what happened with you? It's like the curtain pulled back then. Yeah. Right. And you entered for a moment. Now, I think a lot of us have those moments, like the curtain opens and we get up, whoa, yeah. what was that? Whoa, yeah. God just spoke to me. That just spot on. And all of a sudden clarity comes yeah. and I feel the presence of God. I feel known, as you said. Yes. And, and you think about this too. This, okay, known in Hebrew is yada. Mm. It has these connotations of, we know known like, you know, around knowledge. So yes. do we know that there are, people marking the lines out in the car park. Yes, we know that. Now, but I've not interacted with those people. They're across the road. I've not gone mm-hmm. up to them. This biblical sense of know, knowledge and yada of knowing is actually being in a deep, intimate, personal relationship. So the Shekinah glory, God's presence is within us. Jesus is in us. The Holy Spirit is in us. And yet the curtain for most of us remains pulled. It's an unaccessed space. It's a room in a house we don't open. And that's why so many people struggle in their faith. They're like, oh, is this it? Is it just in, I'm, yeah, I'm in the holy just, place and yeah. I'm outside and well, okay, yeah, I'm trying to be a good person and trying to think about things like a Christian. But so few people then go, no, I want to go deep. Yeah. I want to enter the holiest of place. And God's like, oh, God's in there saying like, yeah, I want to walk with you. I want you to be close. And so we have access through Jesus' death on the cross to live in that constant devotion with God mm. in that inner space. But so few of us do it. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, you have these moments where you do have those glimpses and the curtain yes. is opened. And then you start to think that maybe that's what the Christian walk is. Maybe it is just like little glimpses yes. here and there. Yes. Um, 
you know, when God wants to open the curtain, he will. And that's what he'll do. But what you're saying is that it actually could be life. Exactly. We could live consistently in that space. Yes. Yes. So so what happens is because of how God works Mm. and God's always like, like Mike Frost said, I heard him give a talk years ago. He said, like, God's always making passes at us. He's like, he's like always winking. And, you know, like, and so it's like, it's like this thing where, um, like, like that happens. So it could happen for us. So like what will happen is, you know, we'll be at some big conference maybe yeah. and something happens and some preacher speaks and you, something hits you and the words open and like, bam, or during time of worship or you go to that mountain vista and or you read that book of poetry like you did yeah. last night and then we're like okay so that's it so then we try and replicate the externals i've got to go to that conference next year i've got to go back to that mountain place i've got to read that poetry yeah. again you get there i'm like i'm reading it and it's not like it was yeah. um so it's like it's like a married couple who i don't know on a date have some experience and then continually try to just live on that date and go to the same restaurant yeah. the same dish and wear the same clothes and buy the same flowers or whatever whatever people do and so exactly right the invitation here is to walk with him yeah walk with him and to return to that overlap of heaven and earth where god is present Mm. and humans are like in that eden-like thing of they're walking with him and they're known and uh, they don't feel shame they're with him that that's the invitation okay mark so i just want to pause for a little side question you've mentioned a few times the Shekinah glory of God. Yes. And I was just wondering if you could unpack what that means. What, yeah. what is the Shekinah glory? Yes. So essentially Shekinah is a word that comes in later. It's a, it's a Hebrew word that comes in later and you find it in both Jewish and Christian sort of concepts. Okay. But really it comes from this concept of God dwelling and mm-hmm. God dwelling in his fullness. Mm-hmm. So like God dwelling in his fullness um, and God does appear at different times in the Old Testament before Jesus comes, but people are afraid of losing their life. Yeah. So there's this sense of God dwelling in his glory mm-hmm. and his fullness. And his glory and his presence is like a double-edged sword and the sense that it will bless you, but also it will come against the flesh and come against rebellion and come against sin. Yeah. So when humans enter into God's presence in his fullness, we need to be made right. And that's what Jesus does. Okay. So when I'm talking about Shekinah glory, it's, it's, it's the presence dwelling fully. And again, I think we mentioned in the other podcast, there's that sense when Israel is disobedient and has relationships with injustice and other gods. And those are both linked. Injustice, idolatry and sexual sin are always linked in scriptures. Israel does those three things. And Ezekiel has that image of the glory leaving. Yeah. Um, so it's like God fully, no longer fully dwells okay. he, because the people are not being holy. So we're made right with God. We are made holy through Jesus' death. So now yeah. he can dwell fully within us. So that's the essence okay. of what I mean by his glory. And, right. and you know, Habakkuk has this promise uh, in chapter two that at the end of the age, the earth will be filled with the glory of God. So that yes. the whole world will be filled with the absolute presence and dwelling yeah. um, and knowing God, his fullness and all his nature of justice and righteousness, all on display, all those wonderful things. Great. So when you talk about the this Shekinah glory, um, this fully dwelling presence of God that is in us right now, in that in that deeper place that you spoke about. It's kind of like uh, in 2 Corinthians, reading from here, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Yeah, this is verse 16. Yes, yeah. verse 16 in 2 Corinthians 3. Uh, 
But when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Now the Lord is the spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Keep going. <laughs> and okay. And we all with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the spirit. I've got, I think you're, you're reading the ESV. I've got the, cause I think that verse 18. Yeah. Like captures what we're talking about that. Mm. I got the NIV that, and we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory. So it's like that concept that humanity couldn't meet with God face to face. And that's that yada knowledge. Yes. Um, and it's just deep intimacy. But now like we don't have to have a veil, like that, that curtain's gone. So that now that as we are made holy by Christ, mm. we can like look into his glory without fear. And then it goes on, and, and therefore, like if you're looking into that glory and there's not other influences around, so mm. like we've moved from that inner world where there's all these other voices and scripts, now we're just with him, we're just with God, he's dwelling in his glory, and it says, and we're be, we are being, we're in this process. If you, if you live in that space with God, you're being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. So this is this concept. It's not like, it's really important to people hear this, like you're not God, yeah. in this like you're not god it's not like this pantheistic thing like god is in you and you are god and god is everything rather it's this idea that god is dwelling within us now when we when we give our lives to jesus and that when he's dwelling in us in that unadulterated deep dwelling glory sense we get transformed into glory so that walking with god we become glory but it's like it's like the moon reflecting the glory of the sun so we're reflecting his glory and we're changing into him because we're allowing him to dwell at the seat of the human soul. Because that's the command center right there. Yeah. And if you think about it too, like heaven, one way heaven is spoken about, I think again, Tom Wright uses this thing. It's like the, the control room of the universe. <laughs> so if that sort of is like heaven then is coming, heaven, the control room of the universe where God's will happens in fullness, where God's will for the world happens in fullness. If heaven and earth are overlapping within us, that control room is then leading our control room. God's like hands are on the controls of our life. I think our intrepid sound man slash Googler has another <laughs> translation, which is I think the passion, yes. which which has an interesting take on it too. Yeah, I was just I was just having a look at that passage in the the passage uh, the passion translation, um, and I just love some of the language it, it kind of captures here, um, like verse six, sixteen. But the moment one turns to the Lord with an open heart. The veil is lifted and they see and goes into 18. We can all draw close to him with a veil removed from our faces. And with no veil, we all become like mirrors who, are, who brightly reflect the glory of Lord Jesus. That's like the moon. Mm, yeah. yeah. We're being transfigured into his very image as we move from one brighter level of glory to another. And this glorious transfiguration comes from the Lord, who is a spirit. And I just like, I think that in verse 16, the moment one turns to the Lord with an open heart. And I think in my own life, there's been times where I've turned to the Lord with a closed heart, close, and it's kind of like maybe that upper level where it's kind of like the things of God kind of thing, but there's a disconnect. Yes. But turn to Him with an open heart, this yes. kind of language of surrender and giving over, the veil is lifted and we mm. see. I just love that imagery and I think there's something mm. really significant mm. for me personally, I think for us. Yeah. Stepping into that. And Kelly used this language um, of almost like when we move into that deeper space with God, we become awake. 
And he says, it's like waking from sleep yet knowing, not by inference, but by immediate awareness that we've lived even while we're asleep. The sole preoccupation with the world is sleep, but immersion in him is life. So this concept, when we just live in that earth realm and we just live at this shallow level, you're asleep. And then you see this and you have those moments, like your moment, Lydia, like, yeah, like you're going through your day, you've got these longings and these questions, and then you just like God speaks and it's like, bam, light, reflection, glory coming alive in that moment. Yeah, totally. Um, good place to end, I reckon. Yeah. So much more. I think we need to dig into this in the next one. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Thanks so much, Mark. Thanks, Pleasure. Daniel. Pleasure. <laughs> <laughs>